Hey, it's Meg Nally from Big Brother Season 17, and you are listening to The Recap. DJ Earworm, and you're listening to The Recap. Hi, I'm Heather McDonald, and you're listening to The Recap. It's American Idol winner Nick Fradiani, and you are listening to The Recap. Welcome to The Recap. I'm Erin McClory. And I'm Carly Miller. Between the Oscars and the newly revealed cast of Dancing with the Stars, this week's entertainment announcements didn't go too smoothly. Let's start with the Oscars and more specifically what everyone else is talking about, and that is the best picture mix-up. So, in case you missed it, the two representatives from PricewaterhouseCooper are the ones responsible for the biggest Oscar blunder of all time. So, just to recap really quickly, La La Land was announced as the winner of the Oscar for Best Picture, but Moonlight was the real winner, and we didn't learn that until about a minute and a half after the first announcement happened. Which is a very long time it in, in long television time. minutes and oh, seconds. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So the Oscars president has broken her silence. She told the Associated Press that the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences relationship with PricewaterhouseCooper, which has been responsible for tallying and revealing Oscar winners for 83 years, remains under review. 83 years. It's insane. That is a significant amount of time. So Erin, let's break down what actually happened. Tell us tell us what happened in terms of this whole mix-up. Yeah, so a lot of people at first blamed Warren Beatty and Faye Dunaway for revealing the wrong name. But really what happened was Brian Cullinan, who is the chairman of PWC's U.S. board, gave the wrong envelope to Warren Beatty, who, along with Faye Dunaway, were presenting the Oscar for Best Picture because apparently this guy from PWC was distracted taking a picture of Emma Stone backstage. So Beatty then opened the envelope, looked confused, and then showed it to Dunaway, who read the card and announced La La Land as Best Picture. So at first, everyone in the audience was laughing when he looked at the card confused and whatnot, and Faye Dunaway was just like, oh, come on, read it already. Right. But really, he was confused because it said Best Actress, or it said Emma Stone, La La Land. So he saw La La Land, but he also saw Emma Stone and was like, something's not right. And, I mean, in that moment, what do you do? Do you say, like... I don't know if this is right. I mean, you have millions of people watching you. Right. And of course, do you just read it? There's a sense of not questioning what's in front of you because like we said, 83 years is a very long working relationship for a mishap to have never happened, especially not on this scale. You're going to trust whatever anyone gives you. And you as an announcer, I mean, you're not really the glue that holds the show together. It's really PWC when you think about it. It's not what we see as viewers, but... From a logistical aspect, you're just an announcer. You're just reading off a card. Are you going to question what's been given to you in the heat of the moment? You hand it off to, you know, your sidekick and she reads it. There's a sense of could they have stopped it and said, made a joke and said this says best actress? Either way, it would have been a controversial mix-up no matter what. But the fact that it got to where, you know, the entire crew you know, directors, producers of La La Land were up on stage, their music playing, the announcement. Oh my gosh, how did it not get stopped before that? It was Emma very Stone is backstage. There's a camera on her to watch her reaction. Of course, she had just won Best Actress, and it's, you know, on her, on the crowd to see everyone's reaction. How? How is this not stopped at some point before? Yeah. It just and it escalated so quickly. Of course, PWC has since taken responsibility almost immediately after. I just can't comprehend, like we said, people are giving acceptance speeches. So much transpires in terms of that. 
what what I want to bring up though is the moment in which they realize the switch up. Someone is holding the card. Everyone's reactions, their faces. Emma Stone. There's the cameras on her. Oh my gosh. Oh my god. You know, Ryan Gosling standing there and he's just like shaking his head a little bit. Jimmy Kimmel's trying to get in and like interject and like <laughs> stop it. It was just a huge mishap. But I think what the the only light in the situation was the way in which La La Land handled the situation in the middle of their acceptance speeches when they realized it was actually Moonlight and how they really hand it over to Moonlight and that transition occurs. I think that that was a class act on everyone who was on stage. You know, it was so gracious in, in the best way, given the situation. It was for sure. I mean, Jimmy Kimmel said something about, why can't everyone just get an Oscar then? And I believe it was the producer from La La Land was like, no, I'm going to be really proud to hand this over to my friends from Moonlight. And it's one of those moments where like, you know you have to be gracious, but he really, it, it seemed genuine from everyone on that stage that they were like, you know what? That's okay. They're worthy. They, they deserve the award. There was a mix-up. There's nothing we can do. We really didn't win. They should get it. And, and watching it live, I was like, wow. Oh, my mind was blown. I was like, this is a joke. What is going on? When they were like, and we didn't win, by the way. Moonlight. You guys won Best Picture. What? They're it like Steve, they're making Steve Harvey jokes yeah. because, of course, this past year with him announcing Miss America, I believe, or Miss USA, that controversy of him reading the I think wrong it was Miss Universe. Even. Miss Universe. It was huge. Okay, Miss Universe. Whatever. How it was. Steve Harvey even got that gig to begin with, by the way, is beyond <sighs> That's the me. The real question. But people are like putting up gifts of Steve Harvey, and if he announced it, I don't know. But it's safe to say that everyone, at least PWC, was certainly in La La Land, Aaron. <sighs> That night. There it is. There's no denying that. Erin, we talk a little bit about the Oscars controversy. We're not going to get too too deep into, you know, the show itself and the winners, of course. But we have to talk about the opening. And more specifically, Justin Timberlake opens with his number, Can't Stop the Feeling. What did you think about it? I thought, of course, his performance was great, as it always is, because it's Justin Timberlake. But at the same time, this is the Oscars. It's not the Grammys. It's not the AMAs. I didn't love that it was opened with a musical performance. And I get that there are musical categories at the Oscars, of course. A score in a movie, an original song in a movie. Those are all very important categories. And he was nominated. That song was in Trolls. That's right. great. But why not open with, you know, a, like a... A La La Land number, maybe? If, yeah. If you're going to do music. If you're going like to go down that, that route. Or just like a spoof off of the movies. Or just something that's more related to like the plot of the movies and whatnot. Rather than just music I don't know it just it fell out of place for a movie award show I agree it was such a good performance it was a feel-good song it got everybody up on their feet so cute him interacting with Jessica Biel something that we hardly ever see he's yeah. dancing with her it was it is such a feel-good song it, but you're right you're not bashing the performance you're no. just you're just saying given the situation it wasn't the utmost appropriate opening yeah it felt like something that should uh, you have can't been done argue in a that really or like you a really, red carpet I agree. Or, by the way, it's not like he, this song was for Zootopia, a, a, sh uh, a movie in which, you know, is but, more relevant, yeah. more recent, was actually winning. It was for Trolls. You almost forget that that was what it was associated with. Oh, for sure. So I agree. It wasn't a La La Land number, a Zootopia number, something that was so relevant to the actual awards themselves. But, I mean, his performance in that song in itself is phenomenal he, he can do no wrong which brings me again from one award show to another and we talked oscars a little bit and now i want to talk about the iheart music awards more specifically justin timberlake because he just last night at the iheart radio music awards 
one for song of the year can't stop the feeling one for song of the year i'm ecstatic because erin if you recall let me remind you in our 2016 wrap-up of the year um episode i said that justin timberlake can't stop the feeling was the song of the year you did you said as much as overplayed it was i i called it erin i called it Okay. Is that why you wanted to talk about this topic? That's not why I wanted to talk about this topic by any means. I want to talk about his acceptance speech. He had a beautiful message to send to all of his young fans upon receiving the award for Song of the Year. And Aaron's acceptance speech went a little something to quote, I wrote this song because I wanted it to be about inclusion, about being together. And so I guess I want to take this opportunity to speak to young people right now because there's a lot of you looking at me. And he continued to go on and state, if you are black or you are brown or you are gay or you are lesbian or you are trans or maybe you're just a little sissy singing boy from Tennessee, anyone that is treating you unkindly, it's only because they are afraid or they have been taught to be afraid of how important you are. And he continues to state, because being different means you make the difference. So F them. Thank you so much for this. I love you guys. Have a great night. Wow. It was so, so powerful. Well it's so powerful. It relates his message to the song. I think all yeah. too often we associate a song with just a catchy tune and we forget that there's an artist behind it that actually has a message to send to their fans, to a global audience. And Justin Timberlake is no exception to this. No. It, and especially with people like Justin Timberlake, you forget that. I mean, you remember it with people like Beyonce, Lady Gaga, who, you know, we talk about it all the time and they make it so prominent. But with people like Justin Timberlake, you kind of forget that. And you really just listen to the catchy tunes and whatnot and you don't read too deeply into them. But right. there really is a human on the other side of that who has things he cares for, organizations he cares for, people he cares for, and just cares about the betterment of this world. And, and who hasn't, you know, who has a name that... He wants people to associate so much more with that than just a catchy tune that every time you turn on the radio, you're going to hear that song. There's, yeah. there's so much more. There's so much more depth to that, even if it's just a catchy song. We need to understand that, you know, every artist has a story and a message to send. And that's why they create, you know, this art to, yeah. to relay it to us on a deeper level. He really is more than just the guy who broke up in sync. He absolutely is. And Aaron, I think that this statement, because being different means you make the difference. I mean, everything that's going on in our world today, I think that that is so powerful. That's I don't a know, quote you just, can see living on yes. for a long time. That is a great quote. I mean, you see that in like, like on an inspirational poster somewhere. Because exactly. Because being the difference means you make the difference. Amazing. Because being different means you make the difference. Erin, okay. you yourself just needed to add a little bit of your own pizzazz to the quote. I want my own quote. But again, Justin Timberlake, I mean, that's not why I did, I did call that this would be the song of the year, not knowing that in, you know, three months during award season, he would absolutely sweep. But yeah, it's just happy to see him make a comeback. Definitely. And so that was at the iHeartRadio Music Awards. And someone else present at that award show, Elvis Duran, who is hugely involved with iHeartRadio, obviously. He's the morning host of Elvis Duran and the Morning Show, uh, which is on Z100 in New York. Um, but One of that, your favorites, by the way. Oh, yeah. Obsessed. You, completely you, obsessed. That's like your Bible. You listen to that religiously. I do. I listen to it every morning, every night as I fall asleep. <laughs> but 
he just got a star on the Walk of Fame. So Elvis has had his own show for 20 years, and he's only 52 years old. So that's a pretty amazing accomplishment on its own. It's a syndicated morning program that reaches 10 million listeners in 80 markets and is currently rated the most listened to top 40 top 40 morning program in the country wow and he's also a regular on the today show he does a music segment there with kathy lee and hoda so la reed and chris martin spoke at his ceremony but elvis's speech itself was just my favorite part of it i watched some of it on youtube it was so him that when you were watching that speech you felt like you were listening to his radio show and i think that speaks volumes about the kind of person he is and the kind of radio personality he is where he truly is himself and he gets to do that on the radio every day for four hours and just make other people happy through being himself and everyone else on his show was there with him he flew his entire show out with him to LA to be at that ceremony and be with him when he got that star something that's so special about that even you as us as both listeners of his talk show is you know something about radio to state the obvious is of course you don't have the connection like tv in the sense that you don't see them you don't get to see their interactions. or You're just listening, which is, of course, special. If anything, it takes all the more talent to be able to re- relate to such a, a vast audience because you don't get to see them or, you know, have that. Of course, you I guess you can kind of break the third wall in a sense more than you could on television. But so I think it just makes it all the more special that we are seeing him on the Today Show. He is flying his entire cast out because, let's face it, Danielle to us as listeners, she's a voice. Of course, she's a personality. But, you know, we're not going to see her and be like, oh, my gosh, like. I'm so happy I get to see you there. You know, we don't have that connection where we care as much about physically seeing them. So the fact that he took it upon himself to fly everyone out there speaks volumes as to just how much he values his entire cast and can acknowledge that, you know, they're just as much of the success of the show as he he is when he started it 20 years ago. Yeah, that's an amazing point that... It really is an ensemble show. Yes, it's the Elvis Duran show, but it's Elvis Duran in the morning show. And there are so many other people that you mentioned. I mean, Danielle, Bethany, Scary, Greg T, Froggy. Like, they're all such a big part of the show. And you really, you know, if you listen to that show, I mean, you know people behind the scenes. You know his assistant. You know their their web person. You know Yuritza who answers the phone. Like, you know everyone just from listening. And he doesn't make it just about himself. And he is so deserving of that star on the Walk of Fame. So just congratulations to him. And that's a huge accomplishment. I couldn't agree more. And also, it really sheds light on radio, which I think all two times does go Un, not unnoticed in a sense, but it really like flies on uh, with, it does, with it television flies and so many other forms of media that we have, you know, access to, especially at, at the touch of our fingers. I don't know. I think it's such a nice acknowledgement. I think that all too, to all too often artists, of course, get recognized, but not the people who are actually, you know, forming this, this entertainment source for us to be able to listen to this and, and consume this media. So I think it's so great. You said it best, Darren. I know that you yourself are you know, a loyal listener. So it means a lot to you as well. It does. I'm happy to see that. Now let's move on to the Dancing with the Stars cast reveal. You know, a lot of controversy behind announcements this week, Aaron. We talked about the Oscars. Dancing with the Stars really no different. Am I right? Definitely. I mean, there's some names on the list that got some attention. Let's talk about it. Run it down. Who is on this list? So we have Simone Biles, who is, of course, an Olympic gymnast who we actually wanted to see last season, but she didn't end up doing it. But there were talks of it. So she will be on the show this time around. Uh, Boner Bolton, who I don't know. You don't know that name. Probably. I didn't know that name. He's a bull rider. Interesting. Um, Charo, a guitarist, singer, composer, actress and comedian. So really all around there. Erica Jane, who's a musician. Rashad Jennings, an NFL running 
back. Um, Chris Canton, an actor who's known for SNL. Uh, Nancy Kerrigan, who was a figure skater. Uh, Normani, uh, I don't know how to say her last name, Corday. She's from Fifth Harmony. She's known as like uh, Normani from Fifth Harmony. Uh, Heather Morris, who's an actress and dancer, which we'll Mm -hmm. get to. And she's known from Glee. Uh, Mr. T, who's an actor. David Ross, who's a two-time World Series champion who just recently retired. And Nick Vile, who of course is the current Bachelor. Erin, at first glance of this list, the one thing that resonates with me, not to call people out, you know, singularly, not to run down the list as individuals, but as a whole, when I saw this list, my first reaction was gymnasts and dancers and figure skaters. We, this is not what we want to see. And I think that we've discussed this before in regards to last season's cast. We don't want to see dancers performing in the ballroom. We want to see... 250 pound athletes moving their body in a sense in a way that they've never had to before we want to see you know women who are reporters you know ginger we want to see a a, a weather woman from good morning america that's who we want to see we want to see them out of their element and thrown into the ballroom that's what makes this show that was the basis of this show when it was created was to take these stars completely throw them out of their element and introduce them and see them either excel or somewhat fail in a totally new realm of entertainment no you're so right this I mean, isn't for dancers to just perfect their craft and, and show us what they have yeah and you could definitely argue that like being a gymnast being a figure skater it is definitely different than ballroom dancing i'll give you that but at the same time some of the same skills apply flexibility movement all of those things apply to ballroom dancing to gymnastics to figure skating whatever it may be i mean Lori hernandez won just last year are we right. going to see another olympic gymnast win again Maybe, because they definitely have an advantage. So it's one of those things where how long can they do this where it's just too predictable? It's too easy for these people. I feel as though it's come down to guy football players, athletes. We saw we saw baseball players, so, you know, they're kind of branching out. But male football players or women dancers and gymnasts. I, like, when I think of Dancing with the Stars cast, and I feel like everyone else kind of just, like, falls to the back very very early on yeah. do you know what I mean no, you're right they do. I don't know and it's it's just so interesting to me it's I feel disappointing. as though yeah and I also feel as though if we're going to shed light on the cast itself in general have have there been people of of extreme significance that you were floored that they managed to get on the show as of in the in, as of lately in the past few seasons I feel as though in, in terms of celebrities that they've been getting it's really just like people Average. that you're not surprised would sign this contract is that horrible I mean I'm not trying to say that to be rude or diss diss the celebrities. I'm just saying, like, they're not getting any names that you're like, No, you're right. Especially as being, I mean, 21 and 22-year-old young women, a lot of these names, really, like, I was going through and I was like, sorry, I don't know who Charo is. And And maybe that's my fault. Yeah, but no, I don't know who all of these people are because... They're these older people whose careers have kind of passed them a little bit. And this is their, you know, second chance at glory. Right. And you wouldn't think that that's what Dancing with the Stars wanted. We talk about singers and all. Normani from Fifth Harmony. Something that I think is interesting is you just had Camila Cabello break off from the band. There was huge controversy surrounding why. Prior to her formal announcement that she was going to be leaving to pursue her own music career, 
she had done a lot of solo projects. And so what I mean by this is I think it's interesting that Fifth Harmony as a group right now would want one of their members to pursue something as an individual. I feel as though their group right now isn't on thin ice. That's not what I mean by any means. You're allowed, good for them. You should be able to pursue your own, you know, individual projects and then come back as a group. But I can't help but feel as though Camilla just leaving the band two months ago at this point it was a rocky split in terms of the announcements that was made from the band from Camilla as an individual I can't help but feel so at this point they wouldn't want to break out and do anything by themselves I think it's a slap in the face to Camilla I really do because when she left there was rumors that it was because the management had said no more side projects no more individual side projects you can't keep doing that and so she left because those were Really helping launch her career. Absolutely. And now you have Normani doing the exact same thing. No, it's not in music, but it's still an individual side project. Exactly. And if you're going to tell Camilla she can't do that and she then leaves the band because of that, Normani should get the same treatment. And I just feel I can't one I can't help but wonder what Camilla feels about this. Yeah, and I can't help but wonder how it transpired. Just like you said, how did it get to where this was allowed? We've never seen a Fifth Harmony member on the show before. So I just think it's interesting. And oh, by the way, is the group themselves trying to bring someone to the limelight again? Because if you think about it, Camilla was really everyone's association with the group themselves. I feel as though she was, you know, the front runner in the band. And so I, I just can't help but wonder the dynamic now. Is this is this a calculated plan? You know, we, we need someone to really bring us our main publicity. And maybe this is a phenomenal way to do so. I, I can't help but wonder how that transpired, how Camilla feels, and why it is so that they would be doing this. It just seems like poor timing, too. I mean, they're in, like, the Absolutely. heat of their career. They're kind of at a climax, in a sense. Now, this takes why you would away. you have, you know, you have three members now who are solely committed to the group. You have one member who just left, and you have one member who's completely sidetracked with this huge individual project. I don't understand. It frustrates me because I just feel like they have so much potential and they're kind of ruining it and throwing it all away. And they're going to end up just like a One Direction breaking up, which is fine. But But, I think that's where they're headed. But Erin, if you're going to compare them to One Direction, their success is not even close to comparison in in, in regards with One Direction. I'm saying is... Are they going to break up within the next few years? Let's face it, the track that they're going on, I would not be surprised. But the more the story is, what's interesting is at least One Direction reached this peak of, oh my gosh, you know, they they were I don't, broke, I feel like, every record. They brought back this group boy band, this whole essence of, you know, performing together in a group I feel like for so long that was gone and so what I mean by if they break up will it be something like One Direction undoubtedly but their success is not even comparable to what One Direction will have achieved in their career together does that make sense yeah no it totally does and so that brings up the question of well One Direction when they broke up they've multiple people from that band have now been successful on their own in their individual careers and are going to continue to be with fifth harmony could it be different because they haven't reached that i don't think we care enough to to hear about normani and maybe erin maybe this is why maybe normani or or the band wants us to get to know her as an individual so if and when they break up we have an association with her and we somewhat care and feel connected but i don't feel that I would feel very so much as I felt it to Zane and Harry and they, this is mean who wasn't even you know a one directioner necessarily but I'm just saying yeah Camille Cabello we had a connection with Erin because she was really the star of that group yeah she was a she staple was. to it yeah I, it's just interesting again we're really just like predicting and just giving our opinion on the I, I don't know it's just it's so interesting and like you said the timing why now 
I would feel very, well very me. slighted if I was one of the three remaining members of that band. I would feel totally slighted. We're so, not. I'm um, sorry, Aaron. You go. You go ahead. As you, you mentioned, slighted. Now I just I slighted you because I cut you off. No, but we're not the only ones who feel slighted here because Caitlin Bristow has a lot to say about the fact that. Nick is going to be competing on the show. Yeah. So the day it was announced that he was going to be joining, Caitlin Bristow took to Twitter to say, someone stop me from going on a Twitter rant right now. Apparently no one could stop her <laughs> because then Whitney Bischoff, who was on Crystal's season, ended up getting engaged to Crystal's, ended up breaking up. For but, a hot second. Yeah. For a very hot second. Crystal's was also on Dancing with the Stars. So Whitney took to Twitter to tweet at people who had released a story saying that he was going to be on Dancing with the Stars and said, why does a bachelorette never get this gig at Bachelor ABC? I wanted to see Caitlin Bristow shake her tail feather. Such Whitney fashion, by the way. We we knew her. We got to watch her for an entire season, although Chris Soul's season kind of fell flat. She was a sweet yeah. girl. She means well. So I feel as though if this was, you know, manipulated in a way to get Caitlin Bristow to say something, Kill them with kindness. And I think that Whitney, by tweeting at people at Bachelor ABC, she kind of played this naive, like, innocent girl. But it, I think it worked. She's not accusing anyone. She's truly just curious and asking, almost like we ourselves as viewers would ask. Yeah, definitely. So Caitlin quoted the tweet and added, actually, I was offered it, had the contract, and Mike Fleece told me I wasn't allowed. And he is the creator of The Bachelor. Right. And then she went on to say, he said he didn't want people wanting fame after his show and then put the thinking emoji. So oh. Mike Fleiss did not like that. He tweeted at Caitlin and said, Caitlin Bristow has my total support if she wants to appear on Dancing with the Stars. So she then added to that, thanks. I'll get right on that opportunity two years ago. I wonder what changed your mind. I roll emoji. I don't know. It bothers me. It really Why? does. From a from a bachelor aspect or from a Caitlyn aspect for speaking up. Oh, I don't. I completely respect Caitlyn. Okay, speaking okay. Up. She I just totally wanted to make sure we're on right the same to page. Do that. Absolutely. I mean, and I think the fans are on the same page as I am in that I I think it's totally wrong that she was stiffed that opportunity. We have never seen a, a bachelorette, at least in recent years that I know of. On And we have seen three of the last four Bachelors on. We're going to see Nick, we saw Sean, and we saw Chris Souls. The only one that we missed was Ben Higgins. Because maybe he actually cared about his relationship. Or maybe Freeform gave him his own show, so ABC was still making Priorities. money on him post-Bachelor, right? And it puts a huge strain on your relationship. I get that. I mean, Sean and Catherine made it out fine, but there were definitely rumors going, you know, when it was happening that it was tough for them. And I'm sure it is. I mean, you just got engaged. Think about it. By the time that they get engaged, they have to be in hiding for X number of weeks, months, until it's revealed to the rest of America who they chose. By the time it's revealed to everyone else... Dancing with the Stars is starting. So now you're allowed to be in public with your partner, but yet you're spending your entire day, your entire night at Filming. Dancing with the Stars with someone else, by the way, who's your dancing partner, who is also of the opposite sex. And you're spending more time with them than you are with your fiancé. But you haven't even known that long. I was going to say that you've been, you know, in private with for less than 50 hours when you put a ring on their finger. So, of course, that's going to be hard. And, oh, by the way, and I think that this is something that we said about Ben Higgins and Lauren Bushnell in terms of their relationship and how we were kind of disappointed was they kind of fed into this Hollywood persona. You know, they had their own reality show, and we were kind of like, we love it as fans. We want to consume this. But as two individuals who are newlywed, well, not 
soon to be wed, I guess, you know, you're engaged. I just can't help but feel as though you would want to shut the door and not let the cameras back in. Like we said, us as fans, we loved that. But what I mean by to pursue Dancing with the Stars so close after, you know, that show of coming off The Bachelor, why? Why do you want to? Yeah, why do you want to be engulfed in that? There's a lot of questions about that. And I get it if you decide as a couple that it's the right thing for your relationship. I just, I don't fully understand it. And I get that it's kind of your time. And once that's over, like you're really, I mean, that's your chance. Next year, they're going to want the new Bachelor. They don't care about you anymore. Absolutely. So really, your five seconds of fame it's now or never. And so I get that. But at the same time, like you weren't on the show for fame, or at least you said you weren't. So why are you going on this next show? And now, Erin, you bring up the fact that we have seen, you know, three bachelors or, or we have, will have seen three bachelors once, you know, Nick enters the competition. I have two things to say to that specifically in regards to Nick himself. And it's kind of like a crystals. Do we have a connection with him? Do we feel as though he has enough of a personality for us to even want to watch him perform? Sean, Sean Lowe, if you're going to make excuses for people, Sean Lowe, he had a personality on the show. He was relatable. He was oh, funny. Yeah. He was quirky. He's one of my top two bachelors of all time. I love Sean Lowe. Right. We wanted to see him in that environment, I think. We were, like, yearning for that. We weren't upset about that. Nick Valt, really? Really? Am I, do I really care to see him? Like, no. maybe it would help with whoever he chose and maybe it would, like, you know, enhance their wedding dance or something because it looks like he could use a lesson or two. <laughs> But to that, I want to say, because I bring up a wedding dance, a lot of people are speculating that maybe he doesn't end up with anyone. He he made a comment in regards to maybe I won't end up with any woman to Andy Dorfman when they were discussing yeah. things two weeks ago or, or last week, rather, or two weeks ago at this point. My point being is that is this a crutch? It, it, does he not choose anyone and this is going to be his new project? That's what a lot of people are saying. Of course, you have to look at Chris and Sean and they did end up with someone. One person now married and have they, they have a son, Samuel. Chris Souls, of course, and, and Whitney didn't, didn't work out shortly after the show. People are now saying, maybe there's no woman at all. And this is why this project is being handed to him. That's interesting. I mean, I think when we're recording this, we don't know yet. But by the time this episode is posted, we'll probably know who the final two women are. I think that that will tell us the answer. If Rachel is in the final two, he doesn't pick anyone. Because, because we know we know he would have picked the person who isn't Rachel and they're not going to they're going to make us think that and then we're going to get there and he's not going to pick anyone. If Raven and Vanessa are the final two, I think he'll pick someone. Vanessa. Probably. And okay. it won't work out. But that's my point is even if he picks someone, I think that this project of Dancing with the Stars is either going to ruin his relationship or it's just going to be the nail in the coffin. It wasn't going to work anyway. This is just going to speed up the process and they're going to break up sooner than they would have. And I think it's something last... to distract us from the failure of this Bachelor engagement. Yeah, I mean, that's the question is like, do they, do the, the creator of Bachelor, does he not want people going on the show because he doesn't want the relationship to fail and he knows it's a strain on the relationship because he wants the relationships to be successful to say hey look you can find love on the bachelor in that sense i get it but then when you reverse the rules for the bachelor versus the bachelorette that's when all, all bets there's are a double off. standard i'm done i'm totally done with you i i don't get it there's a double standard totally and especially the fact that she tweeted something in regards to having the contract mike fleiss told her Absolutely not. We didn't want, you know, these people to, to pursue their own projects. Interesting because when we talk about it, ABC is ABC and Dancing with the Stars is yeah, ABC. they're the same family. It's, so, so you say that if it's not about making money and taking your contestants and letting their own careers prosper post-Bachelor, not just on social media, but also on air, 
why isn't that so for everyone? Erin, I think another thing we have to consider, not just, you know, men versus women, bachelorettes versus bachelors. Caitlin might have broken a contract of her own while on the show. What's her relationship with, like, with producers? Because Sean Lowe, we've, Sean Lowe, sorry, we're talking about Sean's. Sean, the man in which she chose not, Sean Lowe. Right, Sean Booth. Sean Booth. We knew that she chose him because she revealed a Snapchat story when Snapchat was really on the rise three years ago of them in bed together. And it was so obviously Sean. Screenshots were taken. It was, you know, taken out onto the internet. It was for everyone to see. We knew that week seven or eight of the show when we still had four of the most critical weeks to go. There's no denying the fact that that had to have gotten her in hot water with execs, with producers, it had to have tainted, you know, viewership at least a little bit. It's something that we had never seen before, especially pre-social media age. And so with that being said, Aaron, I am so against the way in which Mike Fleissen, the entire Bachelor production team has handled this in terms of, you know, we've seen three bachelor, three bachelors, no bachelorettes. But Caitlin herself, what was the reason behind it? And it might be because they wanted to cut ties with her as a bachelorette. That's an excellent point. And that's point. something that I've just realized as we sit here talking. Either way, I think it's despicable no matter which way you cut it. You know, if it got to the point where she had a contract in her hand and she was told no, that's sinful either way. But as the individual here, if we're going to consider Caitlin Bristow, behind closed doors, what transpired with executives, I'm sure their relationship did not end on the most positive note. Yeah, I think that's a fair thing to bring up but I I do think Caitlin was one of the most loved bachelorettes that there's been especially in recent years because she was herself and she she wasn't against the process but in a sense she kind of like she took it into her own hands if that makes sense she was like these are my rules this is how I'm going to play the game and I'm going to find love my own way and it worked for her and her and Sean seem so happy of course we can't assume but I mean she tweets screenshots you of her conversation sent, with Sean's dad you just sent me last week a, a tweet that she, that she was like we're, we're receiving a lot of pressure to have babies and, and get married like if that's so you guys are gonna have to be comfortable with Instagram ads yeah. because like this crap is expensive or something so like, funny she's so personable I I couldn't agree more she's she's very relatable and I think that she's someone I talk about how Nick is someone that we don't care for Chris Souls was something we someone we really didn't care for uh she she's someone that we would have wanted to see that we would have yearned to see i still want to see her do anything i mean just her her twitter itself is like enough to be like give her her own show give her something it's give like her something where i can just watch she is oh my gosh her on, and chrissy on a much teigen lesser together scale, she's she's chrissy teigen the two of them together would be unstoppable she's phenomenal also i think we talked about this last week i'm kind of backtracking we talked about rachel and how you know we're so excited and eager to see her you bring up the fact that Caitlin was a, a, a phenomenal bachelorette, and I just have to, to draw upon the fact that Caitlin Bristow, Andy Dorfman, JoJo Fletcher, and now it's soon to be Rachel, we have been really lucky to see the bachelorettes that we've had in the past four or five seasons. You're so right. Just thinking about these women, and you compare them to the bachelors that we've seen in the past four or five seasons, when you put them side by side, season and season, and compare, I mean, the only man that can even come close to that is Ben Higgins, if you think about it. Yeah. It's just so interesting to see. Give Bachelorette's mean, a chance. Here. Yeah, but that also speaks to the fact that they're picking amazing women for these men to find love with. But the men they're picking for these women to find love with? Eh. I uh. mean, clearly there's a gem once in a while because the relationship works out from the Bachelorette more often than it works out from the Bachelor side. But we're getting 
this amazing bachelorette from this pool of women and and, and we can't keep getting this amazing bachelor from the pool and, and I right. don't understand why. And that's why because when you have someone like Chad, he gets eliminated three weeks into the show and then when you give a guy someone like Corinne, she somehow makes it to hometown dates. And I think that Ugh. that speaks volumes as to what their intentions just might be. Dancing with the Stars, we talk about splitting up, relationships not really lasting. And Erin, that leads me to discuss Katy Perry and Orlando Bloom because after 10 months together, they have split. Yeah, so a joint statement from the reps read, Before rumors or falsification get out of hand, we can confirm that Orlando and Katie are taking respectful, loving space at this time. It's interesting, Erin, because this was one day after the Oscars that this was announced. Now, one night before the Oscars, at an Oscar pre-dinner, I don't know if you saw, it was all over Daily Mail, that videos had surfaced of Orlando Bloom being extremely touchy and feely with another woman at dinner. They're whispering in each other's ear, they're laughing, they're showing each other things at the at the table on their phones. And they're at a table, but it really just looks like there's only two of them there, and that being Orlando and this woman. And I don't know if you saw that, but it was just so interesting. So we see that it surfaces, I guess, shortly after the Oscars, but we see them together at the Oscars, and then they make this announcement the day after the Oscars. So just the timeline was really interesting the timeline is is definitely a little questionable could it have been potentially that they broke up before that and because of the oscars or whatever they didn't want really press around that so they waited to release it until after the oscars i mean obviously backfired because the oscars there was a ton of other press (laughs) that was going on and people didn't really care about katie and orlando splitting which i guess is also a good thing but could it be that you know they broke up beforehand and the statement and the announcement had had waited because of everything else that was going on in the industry at the time. So, you know, it could be that Orlando was, you know, with that woman, who cares, whatever, it was innocent, he was flirting with her, maybe, who knows. But I really don't think that that had anything to do with his relationship and their split. So interesting. I don't know. You're right. Who knows the, the exact timeline? This is what yeah, we, we'll never know. As, as consumers know, but we don't actually know you know, what happened. It's interesting because I bring that up. Orlando Bloom has been seen in Florida flirting with other women, talking with other women. I think there was speculation throughout their entire relationship. There was a whole Selena Gomez thing and who knows? He he has, he has been known to be a flirt. There's no denying that. But I think that what's interesting is after that joint statement, which I feel as though was so well said and, you know, definitely squashed any rumors, not quite apparently because then those videos surfaced. He's in Florida flirting with random girls on the beach. Katy Perry takes to Twitter four days ago, so one day after the split was announced, saying, how about a new way of thinking for 2017? You can still be friends and love your former partners. No one's a victim or a villain. Get a life, y'all. With hearts and a kissy face. And I think that that's so interesting because I feel as though, if anything... Katy Perry would be the victim, Orlando Bloom would sort of be the villain. And so I think it's so interesting for said victim to speak out and say, stop this unhealthy mentality of you know, victim blaming in a sense. And and I think that that's just so interesting. Good Again, for her. You talk about maturity and, and class, and I think that that is one way that so well said, you know? Definitely. I and mean, I, you don't like her music, but you like that. And I think that with relationships, we're so quick to, you know, blame one villain, one victim. And, and that's it's our mentality. And, and it stays that way no matter what. Orlando Bloom, if he ends up with a woman in two weeks, no one would be happy for him. They would think, after 10 months, how do you get over someone? It's just so interesting. So good for Katy Perry, who I think would be considered the victim in this situation again, to speak up and say, stop. Yes, yeah, squash no all need. the rumors, just like the statement said. I mean, before it gets out of hand, put it to rest. Like, let bygones be bygones. It happened. Who cares? Maybe it was just 
it didn't work out. Maybe they're still friends. Maybe they want to focus on their careers. Who knows? Who really cares? As long as they're both happy, we're happy. I agree completely. And I guess we'll just have to see how careers play out, especially with Fifth Harmony, with The Bachelor. I know that we're ecstatic to, to watch not only The Bachelor finale in these next few weeks, but also Dancing with the Stars this upcoming season. We'll, of course, be talking about that more. And so with that being said, that's all we have for this week. But we'll be back shortly to talk again all things entertainment. Until then, a special thank you to our producer, Kate Douglas. And we'll see you soon. The recap, presented by ICTV, will return next week. In the meantime, follow us on Twitter at the underscore recap and like us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash the recap podcast.